We're going to be learning Lakutei Sichas Chelat Tzayin, the first Sicha of Parshas Ve'er. We're going to be using the translation into Lashon Hakodesh. A quick introduction. At the end of last week's Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu questions Hashem and says, "Lama Haraisel Amazeh? Why did you do evil to these people? Since you have sent me on this mission, it's only gotten worse for them." So Hashem replies to him that, since you're questioning my ways, unlike Avraham Avinu that did not question my ways. As we see by Kedis Yitzchak, I said, Yitzchak will be your Zer, and then I tell you to Shachtem. Therefore, you will only see the Geula of Mitzrayim, but you will not see the wars against the seven kings of Canaan, and you will not enter into Eretz Yisrael. And then the beginning of this parasha, the first part of the Pasuk, Yadav Hashem Amalisha, is Hashem spoke to him harshly, and that's the end of the rebuke. And then it continues on, that Ani Yudke Vavke, that Hashem is giving him instructions about what his mission is. And he tells that I am Yudke Vavke, therefore you can trust me that I will fulfill my promises. And to the obvious, I only let them know Kelshaka. Kelshaka is the name that shows that I have the power um, to fulfill my promises, but I never actually fulfilled that promise to the obvious. Therefore, I need to reveal the name of Yudke Vavke, which is the name which is the name used to say uh, that Hashem is trustworthy, can be trusted to fulfill his promises, either to give a word or to punishment. And therefore I've heard, I made, I made the bris with the Abbas to give them to Yisrael, and I hear the groaning of, uh, of the Bnei Yisrael, and therefore you have to go in and redeem them. And that is the Pshut HaShemikra, how to learn the first part of our parasha. Then Rashi gives a second interpretation, which says, Rasein Udar Shehu, which is more of their Chadrash, he says this whole section, the last pasuk of last week's parsha, plus the first few psukim our parsha, is Hashem's answer to Moshe Rabbeinu Lama Esa. and Hashem is telling him Chaval al Deshkachin, like a Chaval al Deavdin, the Lemeshkachin, Chaval that the Avis are 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 gone, because they never question my ways, while you do question my ways, because to the Avis. I revealed myself only with Kel Shakai, meaning I gave them promises, and they know Kel Shakai, that's the name that shows I have the capability to fulfill it, but I never actually showed them Yudke Vavke, which is a name which symbolizes the actual fulfillment. Uh, but they never actually questioned my ways. But you, you come and you ask, when I first gave you the shlichas, you ask if the Jewish people will come and say, what's my name? Which means, like, what if the Jewish people will say, what type of God is this that he lets us suffer for so long? What should I tell them? And Hashem answers back, Eya, as we know in last week's parasha, that Eya means that I was always with them in their suffering. And then when you actually go on the shluchas and it doesn't work out right away, you say, you start questioning it, while the others never question my ways. So those are the two ways that how Rashi learns uh, these psukim. A, again, the first part is la- the last pasuk of last week's parsha plus the beginning of this week's parsha. The first pasuk is an answer to Moshe. It's, it's the rebuke that Hashem gives to Moshe Rabbeinu. And then the continuing psukim is Hashem giving Moshe Rabbeinu instructions and explaining to him what his mission is that Hashem needs to reveal the name Yudke Vavke to give the schar to the Avis, even though the Avis never saw it, that the children need to see and therefore I've heard their cries. Or option two is that the whole thing is a rebuke to Moshe Rabbeinu, telling him how the Avis never questioned Hashem, even though they only had the revelation of Kel Shakai. Again, the promise that Hashem has the capabilities, but never actually fulfilled the, those capabilities. Masha Inkain, you, you constantly uh, question me and you ask him what my name is. You, you, are not showing that same trust they did. They did. And we're going to learn the Sikha. It's going to go into many more details about these two explanations, both Alder Chapshad and then Api Pnimis and Yana. So Sifal. Kvarnizbar, Kama Bukama Pa'amim, Sha'av Shurashi, the Cholorech, Mafarish, Pshutesh, Mikra. 
many times that even though Rashi, the Chol Rash, his main job is to explain the simple interpretation of the Pasuk, nonetheless they're found within his purish wondrous ideas in the other parts of Tyre, even the Yei Neishol So which is interesting, seeing Rashi is just trying to explain the simple meaning of the Pasuk. But in the way how he's explaining the simple way of the Pasuk, he's hiding within it uh, very Inyan Muflaim which is, uh, I guess, the great author that Rashi was, and a great Tamachach, and that even how you explain something simply by those differences of words that he's choosing, um, even the choice of those words, why did he choose that particular word to explain Pshutah in that way, that's also to hint to much deeper in Yana. In order to, to be able to extrapolate these ideas in the other parts of Torah, first you need to understand, you need to first preface and understand what Rashi is saying on their Pshat. Once we understand the Pshat of Rashi, or how Rashi is explaining the Pshat of the Pasuk, then we can understand the deeper ideas. So, so after Rashi explains the simple interpretation of the Pesukim, of the beginning of this Parsha, of Er Lavram, the Hagami Kamois, and I also uh, fulfill my bris that I made with him, as I explained before, that is the simple interpretation that the that basically the beginning, besides for the first Pasuk of our Parsha, all the continuation of them is Moshe Rabbeinu's job. Then Rashi's Mamshech. This is in Pasuk, uh, Pasuk Tess. Right? No, so the, the Parsha starts on Pasuk Beis, and in Pasuk Tess, Rashi says, Rebbeinu Darshu Asteichra Psokin Le'inyan Shamayla that the Reb Dashan, that all these Psukim, from Bez until Tas, is really a continuation of what was discussed earlier. Sha'amar Moshe Lama Ha'ra'isa, that Moshe said, in the end of last week's parasha, Perakei Pasuchav Bez, why were you bad to this nation? So It's a chaval on those who are lost, but they are not forgotten. Because the Yosayin al-Misa Sa'avis, I, 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 there is for me to complain about the death of the Avis. Because many times I reveal to them with the name Kel Shake, which again, only emphasizes Hashem has the capability of doing whatever He wants. But they never ask me, what is your name? Meaning is, what your name is, how, how are we supposed to refer to you as, how do you reveal yourself in this world? The idea of a name is always, you don't need a name for yourself, you need it for others. So they never ask me, what is your name? Yes, we know that you have the capability to do whatever you want, you're Kel Shakai, but what is your name? What is the way that we're supposed to relate to you? You never actually fulfilled, you know, you have the capability, but you don't fulfill your promises. You never gave us Eretz Yisrael. So what should we call you? Like, what, what is basically a name of someone who has the capability of doing things but doesn't do it? But they never said that. But you said, what if the Jewish people ask me, what is his name, what should I tell them? Meaning the Jewish people are in time suffering, and they're going to say, what is his name? Like, uh, who is this God that makes promises, but then makes us suffer for hundreds of years in Mitzrayim? What am I supposed to t- say to them? That's what you ask. And Hashem, as we know, replied, Ehiyam. his name is Ehiyam, that I'm always with them, uh, with them in their suffering. And just like I'm with them with this Galus, I'll be with them in the future Galusin. And that even though that Hashem is hidden within Galus, that Hashem is there, and eventually everything will become revealed, uh, and Hashem's mercy will be revealed, and everything will be understood. Okay, but Vigam Haki Moisi, Shabikshavam Likbar Asara, Vlaimatsa Karka, Achakan Bedam Rubim, he says, then the second thing that happened is, you, Moishur Benu, 
as soon as something didn't work out for you, you start questioning me, Lama Haraisa. But by the others, Gam Hikimaisi, meaning is I said that I'm going to give them the air to Yisrael. And then, when Avram Avinu wanted to bury Sarvam, he wasn't able to find any land until he was able to buy it from Ephraim with a lot of money, 400 gold coins. Yitzchak, they, they, they had issues with the wells that the, 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 the Plishti wanted to take away from him. There was a whole uh, issue with it until he was able to get the wells of Shechafa, which he dug. There was a whole lot, uh, as we know the story, that Abimelech eventually got it back for him. Uh, but they never questioned my ways. But you right away say And then Rashi says, but this medrash doesn't fit according to the simple interpretations of Psukim. Read Rashi, you'll find out why. But you know, this might fit for basically the first two Psukim, but it doesn't really go the whole way through uh, to all to Pasik tests. It doesn't fit. Like how are you gonna use explanation to explain everything, plus other issues that Rashi had. And the end of Parsha Shemais, again, this is not the Drasha, this is going to be Pshutta Shemikra, how Rashi is explaining it. So Rashi, Pshutta Shemikra, the first interpretation, the end of Parsha Shemais, as the answer to Hashem Lamar Isa, Rashi writes, You question my ways, not like Abram that I told him that be Yitzchak. Who will be your child? And then I told him, bring him up as an oila. But he never questioned my ways. Mashain, can you question my ways? Therefore, uh, uh, as I said, Moshe Rabbeinu was punished that he would not be able to bring the Bnei Israel and help them conquer the seven kings of Kanaan. So the first question is, why in Parshas Ve'era? By the Rebseinu Darshuhu, Rashi brings a proof that all the Avos lahiru achimidaisai, while the end of Parsha Shemais he only brings a proof from Avram. Um, right, meaning is both interpretations have to. Hashem is rebu- rebuking Moshe Rabbeinu. The only difference is that in the first rebuke, it's only, it's a much shorter rebuke, while according to the Rebseinu Darshuhu, the whole nine psukim is really a rebuke to Moshe Rabbeinu with much more details. Uh, the, uh, explaining how the Avos only had kill Shaka, but they didn't complain. Masha can you, you are complaining. Um, you are complaining. Um, but when the actual examples of how, where do we find that the Avos didn't complain, the Chayur should have been the same, according to either interpretation. You know, we might have more details according to Rebbeinu Darshu about Kel Shaka and all that, but the actual examples in the Torah should have been the same. But we don't find that. Rashi brings for the simple interpretation the Prusha Shemikra of last week's Parsha only brings by Avram Avinu an example, while over here he brings by all of the Avos. Why? And Beis Gamenegel Avram Gufa, Pirush Rashi Pirushaseinu as Sein Delay Hiru Achmi Dois Mu'ar Achak Shpikas Avram Nikvar Sarhulo. Second question is by Avram itself. Rashi brings an example, a different one. In our Parsha, Parsha's Fe'era, it says how Avram wanted to bury Sarah, and he had to pay a lot of money, even though Hashem promised him to Israel. It's the, it's the story about the Akeda, that Yitzchak was supposed to be his child, but then Hashem tells him to go Shachtab. So why is it bringing by Avram different examples? And Gimel the Iker, but say Parsha Shemais, Hevi Rashi, appears to Lahir Astam. In the end of Parshas Rashi, 
Pasha Shemais, Rashi brings the Pirush of Lahiru Stam, meaning is that Pirush of Lahiru is Pshute Shemikra. On our parsha and Pasik Das, it tells us this is Rabbisenu Darshu, that this Pashat is not Pshute Shemikra, rather it's a Drash. And even more than that, it's not just a regular dras. It's a drash which doesn't fit well after the psukim. Maybe a god It's just the opposite rule of Rashi that he only will bring a pasik a ganagada which fits according to the divri hamikra. But Rashi nonetheless brings this rebseinu which doesn't fit according to the mikra. So the rebbe doesn't actually spell out exactly what the question is. Uh, he just says you need to understand what, what does this mean that last week's parsha is Pshutish and Mikra this whole idea of Hirach Midoisai specifically about Abraham Avinu while our parsha when it talks about all three of the Avis the three examples he's giving and explaining all nine Pesukim that's not Pshutish and Mikra that's a Drash and it's a Drash which doesn't fit Api Pshutish and Mikra so what is going on basically why does that one you know, when it's just about Avram Avinu, that's Pshutisha Mikra. Well, if he brings an example of all three of us, and Avram, the example is about uh, Akedis Yit, uh, about um, Furasara, that would not be Pshutisha Mikra. That would be more Drash. So that, so I guess, you know, so what, why is that? And of course, what would be the different uh, ideas that Rashi's answering with each shot? Base. So V'yesh Lamar. Rebbe's actually going to give two answers to explain the differences in both Rashi. So answer number one. They're both good answers. It's not one that he upschlugs, this answer he keeps, and then the next, if he'll bring a second answer, which he keeps. He says that you can answer that this last deal could a- answers actually all the questions. That one pirush is Pshutah Shemikra, while the second pirush is Medrash. Rashi, Rashi, in the end of Parsha Shemais, explaining the Pshutah Shemikra on that spot. When Hashem speaks to Moshe and says, Now you will see what will happen, but you won't see what happens with the kings of Canaan, this is an answer to the, claim, the, the complaint of Moshe Rabbeinu that why are you being evil to this people? That since I came to Parai to speak in your name, you have done evil. So he says like this. So, Meaning, what was his claim, his claim, that not only this, that the shlichus of Hashem did not save the Jewish people, but on the contrary, it made it the situation even worse than it was before. Therefore Hashem says, now you will see what will be done to Pari, but you will not see what will happen to the, se- the, the kings of the, sen- the seven nations because you question my ways. Because the way how you acted is not the proper conduct. What is the proper conduct? It's The proper conduct would have been in a similar situation which we find by Avram. Avram had a very similar situation by, as Moshe Rabbeinu, that Hashem promises something, and then the situation got worse because of that promise. And nonetheless, he didn't question that even though earlier I told you that Yitzchak, you will be called, he will be your, uh, this, he will be your Zara. And afterwards I tell you, I told him, you should bring him up as a Korban Oila. 
meaning that the promise that Yitzchak will be, your, your progeny, that promise itself caused an additional tsar. Similar to when Moshe Rabbeinu came to speak in Hashem's name, that caused additional tsar to the Jewish people. That it didn't become better, it actually became worse, as the Rebbe continues to explain. As we can see very clearly, it's not similar to the Tsar, someone who never had children, never had children, to the suffering uh, which would happen to a person when Hashem gives somebody a single child in his old age. And then you take away that child, especially when you're taking it away in a way that you're telling the, the mice that happens that the father is the one that's causing the, 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 the child to be uh, killed. So it's very similar. If Avram never had children, okay, that's a sar for sure. But what happened? Hashem promises him children. Then he has the child. And Hashem tells him, this will be your progeny. And then what happens? Not only... Uh, is he not going to be his progeny, but you now you have to kill him. So it was, it's much worse. You said, I'm going to have children, a, a Zara progeny, which will last forever. And not only will I not have Yitzchak, but worse than that, I'm going to actually also have to have him, raise him, and then eventually kill him. So it's much worse than just not having him at all. Similar to Baimashur Rabbeinu, that if he just never would have went to Parai, the Yidin would have been suffering. Yeah, they would have been in Galus Mitzrayim, but at least it wouldn't have made it worse for them. So I'll present moving gam, Shemak and Klaus, Shirashi Yavi, Karaya, Shabram, Hirach, Midais, Mishkabikish, Likbar, Esar, Le Matsakaka. Now it's understood why Rashi doesn't bring as a proof for Avram, Hirach, Midaisai, this that he wanted to bury Tsara and he didn't find land. Chemi Yitzchak, Yerolav, Chemi Yitzchak, Yikin, Chalkas, Sotzada, similarly by Yitzchak, and also by Yaakov, that he had to buy the portion of land. Shai Sham, Le Haya, Lezah. Because in those situations, it wasn't the promise itself that caused them to pay for the land uh, in, in a higher amount. Meaning is, even if Hashem wanted to give Avram Avinu the promise that Eretz Yisrael will be his, he still would have had to pay for Maris Even if Hashem didn't promise Yitzchak about the wealth, he still would have had to, he would have had this argument about the wealth. Meaning is, the, 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 the anguish which happened was regardless of whether Hashem gave him a promise or not. It was just that he got a promise, and the promise is not being fulfilled. But it wasn't that the promise made it worse. Masha'in came by the example of Hashem promising to give him a child, and then he gives them a child, and then he tells him to shak them the promise of having a child, it actually is making the situation worse, because if he never would have had that child, he wouldn't have had the tsar of having to shak them. So it's only because you gave him the child, that's what gave the capability to have the tsar of having to Shakhtar. So he says, He says, what was the possible uh, questioning Hashem that could have been in that situation? That since uh, Avram Ravina already had the promise that Hashem would give him the land. And so, the, so that piece of property shouldn't have cost him a lot of money. Therefore, this type of question is not the same in the Kavana. It's not an exact Muchuvenis. It's not exactly similar to the questioning of Moshe. Moshe was much worse because the Shlichus of itself, Hashem, Gufa, it was the Shlichus of Hashem which caused Harala Amanazet. Therefore, Apipshuti Shamikra, it's very understood 
why Rashi only brings by Avram, and he only bring and he brings specifically to the case of the Kedis Yitzchak, because that's the only example that really fits to what Moshe Rabbeinu's issue was. And Hashem's telling him, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu, you acted improperly. You should have conducted yourself like Avram Avinu. Therefore, you will not see the future uh, fighting against the Malchai Uma. You won't see what will be done to the seven nations of of Canaan. So that is Pshut Deshamikra. But what about the Darshu? What, what are the, uh, the, the, the Darash trying to do? Alafi Masha the same Darshu who Shakal Teichna Ksuvan Gambe Eral of Ruyitzok Viyakiv. Baba Hemshech Lingin Shamaila who Chelik Mamanis Akadish Bokum Nigel Shailus Adur Mahur Dumashlal. But the Drasha is coming to explain something else. The Drasha is trying to say is that all the Teichin, the context, the main theme of all these Psukim, including the beginning of this parish of Eral of Ram Lisa Yakiv. Because remember, according to Pshut Shmikra, era of Avram Elitzel Yaakov is starting point two that Hashem is giving instructions to Avram Avinu, to Moshe Rabbeinu, um, about what he's supposed to be accomplishing and what his mission is. But according to the Drash, all of this is one theme and it's all coming as a hemshech to what we were talking about earlier, which is the answer of Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu regarding the questions that Moshe Rabbeinu had against Hashem Bechalal. Moshe Rabbeinu was asking a lot of questions to Hashem. Um, not just Lama Isa, because if you remember, one of the questions he asked is also, if the Jewish people um, say, uh, if they ask me, what is your name? What am I supposed to tell them? That is also considered a questioning Hashem, because that was implying that the people would be like, who is this God? that doesn't fulfill his promises. What am I supposed to tell them what your name is? Meaning is again, because always the name is Achar Maisen Shanikra. The name is always how you conduct yourself. So the Jewish people are saying, what is your name? They're asking, what, what is his characteristics that he doesn't, that, that he doesn't take care of us? Um, so in other words, the Medrash is coming to explain an additional question. It's not just trying to explain what Hashem's answer was, but it wants to say is, Moshe Rabbeinu had a lot of questions. So what's the answer? Why didn't Hashem ever rebuke him also for the previous questions that he had? Hashem only rebukes him for Lamar Ha'isalamazah. So Hussein Darshu, they're trying to give a drash, which will answer also that Hashem rebuked him not just for this particular situation, but really for all the times that he was questioning um, Hashem. Which began So since it's not a particular question, it's, it's the general concept that Moshe keeps on questioning Hashem, then move in a time, Shahivi Rashi, Drashus Rizal, Akolshalashus Avish, Shukulam Lahiru, Bechlal, Achmidaisai. This is why it's understood why Rashi brings the Drashus Chazal, right? Because remember, first of all, this is a Drasha, so therefore Rashi is giving the Drashus Chazal. But he's also going to do it from all the Shlesh Avis because all of them never asked any questions against the Shem. So it's not just one example anymore, it's, we have more than one. And, more, and, and, and the second point is that it's about even just general questions. It doesn't have to be about a very specific type of question that you made it worse. It's able to say, even basic questions, you said they're going to get the Eretz Yisrael, they didn't get Eretz Yisrael, but they didn't ask. It's just, you know, they didn't ask what your, what your name is. Hashem uh, said to Avram, you're going to get Eretz Yisrael, and Avram Avinu didn't say, Mashmecha, what's your name? You said I'm going to get Eretz Yisrael, and all of a sudden I have to pay more money. Uh, so that is really what the Pshutah and the Drash is different in. The Pshutish Mikra is trying to answer only one question. Why did it become worse because of your promise? While the Drasha is trying to explain why doesn't Hashem, why didn't Hashem answer all of, uh, you know, rebuke Moshe for all of the questions he was answering. So the Drasha is saying is that he actually did. 
Once Moshe Rabbeinu made this claim, Hashem takes the opportunity to rebuke him also for previous uh, misconducts, and therefore also the examples that are being brought are uh, basically uh, mis- examples from all the others about many different scenarios where they could have questions, but we see they never question him and as the Rebbe points out in R21, this will explain why Rashi, this is also answers the third question that we asked earlier, why does, why does Rashi bring in a, a Pirish of the Medrash if it doesn't fit well according to the Pasuk? Rashi only brings in a God which fits well according to the Pasuk, and then he says it doesn't fit so well. The reasoning is because it answers this additional question, why doesn't Hashem, why didn't Hashem rebuke Moshe regarding previous misconduct? So according to the Medrash, uh, it, it is explained. Uh, the rabbi also points out that we could give another answer, even according to Pshutesh Mikra, meaning according to the first Pshat Rashi, why Hashem didn't rebuke him for asking, what is your name? Because it could be that according to Pshutesh Mikra, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't actually asking Hashem inside himself, like, what's your name? Like, uh, questioning Hashem. He was just saying, "Is what should I tell the Jewish people if they ask that? Meaning, is I trust whatever you're going to do, but I'm going to on your shlichus. I need to be able to answer all questions they might have. So part of that is, they, maybe what if they ask this question, like, what should I tell them? Like, what's your response? Not that Moshe Rabbein himself is having uh, this particular question. But anyways, um, that's another way of answering, but I guess the Medrash shot is even stronger, that Taka was in misconduct. Like, why are you asking? Shem tells you to do something, let's do it. Sort of asking, like, what happens if they ask this? What happens if they ask that? Which, uh, could A, B means that Moshe Rabbeinu had that question, or even if he doesn't, like, Hashem gave you a shluchus, go do it, without trying to, you know, give excuses why you can't. Okay, so that answered, again, all the three questions that we had earlier. Question was, uh, one was why, um, in Parshas Shemais, the first one, he only gives an example from Avram, and the example of question two was, he only gives it from Arsamach Pela, and question three is, why is that Pshuti Shemikra? Uh, so we answered all of those questions. Let's go to Siv Gimel, which the Rebbe gives another pshat. Oy Jishlemer, Amirus Moshe Rabbeinu Lamar Eislamaza Harayne in your Prat and Eriyah Leva Atzmai El Davar Shaych Lacha Laam Hazal Lachal Yisrael. Another point is Moshe Rabbeinu's question Lamar Eislamaza Pipshute Shemikra is not a question which is only relative to him. Rather, it's a question which is Shaych to all Klal Yisrael. Means, why are you being bad to all of the Jewish people? Therefore, Rashi cannot bring examples how Rav Ram didn't ask and didn't have ask any questions about the Mars Machpela, because the Mars Machpela was something, it was an individual, or something which was only Shaykh to him. You promised that we, the Jewish people, would get to Israel, but I all of a sudden have to pay for Mars Machpela. So that's a question which is only relevant to his particular situation. Similarly, by Yitzchak and Yaakov, these were situations which were only relevant to them. That they had to buy, uh, Yaakov had to buy the Chalkas Asada by Shem, and Yitzchak had the story with the Be'eris. So why did they question? Hashem gave them a promise. It's because they can think that the reason why these promises were not fulfilled is because they can think maybe we we sinned. So we're not zeicha that this promise of Hashem will be fulfilled for us. Yes, definitely Hashem's promise that we will get Eretz Yisrael will be fulfilled. 
But why do I have to pay extra? Because I maybe was not worthy. Maybe we sinned, like we see Yaakov said that by Esau. So even, even though by Yaakov, Hashem promised him that he would protect him. But nonetheless, he was worried about Esau. Why? Hashem gave you the promise. Because he was worried that maybe that promise would not be fulfilled by him because he would not be worthy. The time of Moshe was regarding the bad that happened to the Jewish people in general. Not the sin, and therefore it's not shaykh that Moshe's sin would have caused Hara'i Salam Azat. So basically what we're trying to say is that when there's a complaint in a sense, which is shaykh just to the individual, it's possible that the person can have an answer, as the Rebbe is giving an example, that um, he, you know, we're not worthy from it. So therefore, technically, if they didn't have the answer, maybe the others also would have complained. Like, why is this happening? They're not going to ask because they know why it's happening because we're not deserving. But Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't say we're not deserving because maybe you're not deserving, but the Jewish people in the cloud, of course, are deserving. The, the promise that Shem gave to the Jewish people will for sure be fulfilled. So what, what's going on? That is uh, the question. Mikra. Therefore, Rashi brings the example from Avram specifically. Right? That was question one and two. Why Avram and why not all three of us? And why specifically by the Akedah? It's because not like Avram that I told him that Yitzchak would be called your child and then I tell him to bring him as an Eilah. Because Shechting Yitzchak is not something which is only relevant to Avram. This is something which is relevant to all future generations. So over here, you can't say that maybe Avram Avinu sinned and therefore he's not worthy of having Yitzhak as a child. Because by Shechting Yitzhak, it's not something which is just relevant to him. It's also relevant to Yitzhak and it's going to be relative to Yaakov and to Ashratim and it's going to be relevant to all the Bnei Yisrael. Because Yitzhak didn't have kids at that point in time. So you can't say that maybe Avram Avinu, even if Avram Avinu would have sinned, it wouldn't have been that Yitzchak would be shachted. That, that doesn't, that's a punishment that doesn't make sense. If Avram sinned, then he would get some, a punishment which is only relevant to him, but not something which would, in a sense, destroy Am Yisrael. So nonetheless, we see that Hashem told Avram something, and he didn't question Hashem's ways. He did exactly what Hashem asked him to do. Mashiach came by Moshe, and he did question Hashem's, when it came to something which is relevant to al Kalal Yisrael, that even when he did not have an answer uh, he did question when he had no reason to excuse Hashem and say that the reason why this is happening is because I had a sin or for any other reason he does not question Hashem so that is he calls him this is how Pshut HaShemikra is learning the question so again so we basically the Rebbe is giving two ways at this point what the question of Pshut HaShemikra is of the first way we learned is why are you being bad to this people, meaning is that you promised to do good, and because of that promise to do good, it became worse for them. And the second way we're learning is that you promised to save Kalal Yisrael. And since it's a promise to save Kalal Yisrael, there's no way, there's nothing that could have happened that would stop that from, from, your, from your Yeshua, your salvation from coming. There's, there's no way that that wouldn't happen if you promised that. So why isn't it happening? Like, what's going on? But when we're looking at the Medrash, the Medrash is coming to explain to us the Neshama, the, the, the deeper meaning, the most of the secrets of the Torah hidden in the Medrash. It's the inner dimension of the Torah. 
Then the Avis are like a chariot. The chariot has no will of its own. It just fulfills the will of its rider. So therefore, even in this, wor- this world, they are on the level of Markava, just like they are above. Like Meaning it's just like how the Neshamas were above before it came down to Eilam Hazah. They follow Hashem's directives without any ulterior motives, without any possibility of sin. Similarly, in this world, it wasn't Shaykh that the Avis would sin. So this is Therefore, this idea that maybe they became dirty with sin, it's not shaykh by them. I mean, this answer, our explanation of the story, doesn't fit according to the Medrash. That by all these other stories, you know, when, by Avram and Mar, by Maris Machpela, that maybe Avram thought he sinned and therefore he wouldn't ask. Avram knew he couldn't have sinned. He's on level of Markava. So he's not shaykh, this idea of sinning. So if Hashem promised something, there's no way that it wouldn't happen because there's no ability for him to do any type of anything which is wrong. So then it's exactly the same thing as our situation. So the answer we're giving up to Shittah Shemikah wouldn't work. So, Therefore, we can give examples of even from things which are um, something which is personal. Which are only shaykh to them. Since they were a Markava only for the Ratzana Elyon, all of their days, right? All of their days, therefore, everything they, 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 it's not possible that they would have sent. Therefore, they couldn't have said, oh, you know, maybe I didn't get Mars Machpela for a good price, it's because maybe I did something wrong. They couldn't have had that. So, therefore, Hashem gave them the promise of uh, Eretz Yisrael being theirs. And they're paying extra for the land. Or, or by Yitzchak, he's having issues with the heirs. And same thing by Yaakov. It must be something else is going on. And, and there's no logical reason for it. And nonetheless, they don't question Hashem. But we find by Moshe Benu that he did question Hashem. So that is uh, the second way of learning it. So according to the second way, at this point, the Rebbe is going to explain it uh, in more detail. But according to the second way, it seems... That really, Pshutta Shemikra and the Drash are, are the, the general issue is really the same issue. That why is Moshe Rabbeinu questioning while the others did not? It's just that according to Pshutta Shemikra, it, it, the only time we see that the others wouldn't have questions would have been specifically by Avram Avinu, by Mars Machpelah, while by the other, by, according to the Medrash, it's really all of the others and all of their personal stories that they never questioned because they couldn't have sinned. So you're able to have a lot more examples. So Rebseinu Dershu is giving, again, just more details. He's giving more examples. It's also going into the idea of Kael Shakai and Yudke Vofke. It's broadening the complaint. Um, but we're going to see later on, it's not just that. That it's broadening it, it's also actually making it much deeper. Because since we're talking about the Nishmasa Daraisa, the type of question that Maish Rebbeinu was asking is not just the same, like, why is this happening? It doesn't make any sense. He's asking also for him his neshama. It's a more of a spiritual type question. He's trying to understand how Hashem works. He's not questioning because what's go- you know, how could Hashem not fulfill his words? And he's having Sveikas and Amuna. Rather, we're going to see up the Drash. Moshe Rabbeinu is also Markava. So his question is a question of trying to understand how Hashem works. Api Kedusha, Api Seichel the Kedusha. And the answer that Hashem is giving from the Aves is also, in a sense, uh, relevant to that. So, as we will see. Either way, that's how we explain how people should Sif doubt. So, we said it earlier that once we explain Shutei Shemikra, and we have two ways of explaining Shutei Shemikra, 
uh, we're able to understand the yainai, the yain of Taira. So we could say that it's also the, 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 the hint of the initial Taira is actually uh, by understanding the connection between these two explanations that were given in Rashi. I'm saying the two explanations, we mean the Pshutah Shemikra and, and the Madrash. So we have explained many times, explained before, that when it comes to the Maisa Aves of Ram Yitzhak Yaakov, there's two ways of explaining what this idea is, that the actions of the Aves are similar to the children. That the Maisa Aves, the stories that happen to Aves, how they occurred with the body of the Aves, and then there could be a chashash of Abram that maybe I already received reward for my righteousness and therefore he had issues with Mars and Machpela. Also, we find that Avram Avinu asked for a sign that he will inherit or his children will inherit Eretz Yisrael. Similarly, by Yaakov Avinu, uh, he was worried that maybe Nislach Debechet. So all those Maisa Ovis that the Ovis are worried about them not being deserving, that's something which is Mitzad the Guf. That, I, how could the Guf the Ovis have in Avera? I have these Shashas. So the Rebbe gives a very interesting story. It's a very interesting story from the Magid. Not to go through the whole details, you could look at the, um, the source where the Rebbe goes through the entire story, but I'm just going to jump to the point that the Magid Mizritch had a dream and he saw Moshe Rabbeinu teaching a bunch of school children the story of Hashem telling Avram Avinu that he's going to have children, that he's going to have a child. And Avram Avinu falls in a, fit, in a space and laughs. And he says, what? A hundred-year-old person is going to have a child and a 90-year-old woman is going to have a child. And Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, that Avram Avinu literally laughed. Like, we always learn it, that he was laughing out of joy, but Pshutay Shemikri, he was laughing like he couldn't believe it. So how could he not believe it? So Moshe Rabbeinu tells the kids, it's because of Mitzah his guf. Because the goof of Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't believe it, which is a fascinating idea. What we're trying to say is that we always learn that there's Shivan Panam Lataira. Now we understand this idea of Shivan Panam Lataira even in a deeper way. The Shivan Panam Lataira, because even within the, the stories and the individuals that it happened to, they themselves have so many facets. Like you, know, you have the body, you have an Efshah Bahamas, you have an Efshah Kiss, you have your subconscious, you have many different emotions. People are so complex. Because people are made up of so different, many, so many different parts and so many different traumas. So even in one person, uh, his one reaction could really have multiple reactions, which are really in that one reaction. That while I'm reacting, I can have multiple con- conflicting reasons why I'm doing one thing, or I'm do- I, I'm doing it, but at the same time, I have questions like, really, should I be doing this? There's so many conflicts within the person himself. So we're saying even by Avram Avinu. He had this conflict. Yes, his neshama, his seichel, his midas, everything was completely nullified to Hashem Yuzu Markava. But his body was still a body in this physical world. Therefore, the body still had a question. And therefore, yes, the body had these worries. Okay, so let's read it inside. Shiraz, Moshe Rabbeinu, Loyman, Tanik, Shabbat, 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 the Mizritra, Magid, Sam, Moshe Rabbeinu, teaching children. The Pasuk of Yipal Avram, Apanavi, Yitzachek, Viyemer, Beliba, Alabem, Meyashana, Yulad, that he fell on his face and he laughed and he said in his heart, will a person that's a hundred year old give birth and will Sarah, who's nine years old, also give birth? And he explains to them that no Pasuk loses its simple interpretation and yes, Yitaka laughed. 
And then, so that's one type of mice, obviously. There's the mice, obviously, in the Lebanon, that the things that happen with the goof of the obvious, those things are, in a sense, lessons for us. And then there's Bayes, there's the Maisa, obvious, and then there's the Maisa, obvious, how it is, and by the Neshama, it's not Shaykh at all, this idea of questioning Hashem's ways. Because the Neshama uh, doesn't have these questions. So when is bar shiperushim pirush Rashi deich abshat the guf atayim madam mamaisi obvious kafisha imitzad guf. So we explain that the pirush Rashi when it's al deich abshat that's the guf atayim explaining the simple meaning. This is the ma'isa obvious how they are imitzad the guf. Rashi is explaining how it was because imitzad the guf of the of the of the, uh, of the obvious. Which of the haperushim al deich hamedrash which is agadah shibatayim hey ma'isa obvious shem imitzad hanishama. While the medrash the agadah that's explaining the ma'isa obvious how they are imitzad the nishama. Fine. In Pirish Rashi, at the end of Parsha Shemois, he's explaining this story of their Chapshat. Their Chapshat, the Maisa Ovis, how the Maisa Ovis were, Mitzad their body. And since we're looking at how it's Mitzad, the body of the person, so if it's Mitzad, the body, why didn't Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov have questions? So they can feel because uh, you know, Avram said, maybe I already got my reward, and, and Yaakov said, maybe I was Nisalach to be chait, already I became dirty with sin. So when it's talking about when they might question Hashem, so you can't ask, oh, but we see that they didn't question Hashem by these particular stories, because maybe they didn't question Hashem just because they had answers. Uh, and therefore, we need to come to that one story of Avram Avinu by Mars Machpela, where he could have asked and still he didn't. But when we're looking at Rasena Darshu, which is a God of then the Maisa Avis is Masad Neshama. Then there's a proof from this that the Avis didn't question Hashem, even regarding their own personal matters. Because even in their own personal matters, they talk a, uh, could not have given an excuse that maybe we, we sinned, we weren't doing what Hashem wanted. They have no, they don't, it's purely everything that they do is because of Hashem. So therefore, there would have been no reason for them not to get exactly what Hashem promised them. They would have been deserving. And still, we, they never questioned Hashem. Again, so the, since it's all coming because of Neshama, the type of question that they could have had would have been a question of, like, of Seichel de Kedusha. And we're still saying that even a question of Seichel de Kedusha, which even a Neshama could have, they didn't ask. But Moshe Rabbeinu, his Seichel de Kedusha does ask, and that's what Hashem's, uh, in a sense, uh, upset about. So it's similarly by Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, when Moshe Rabbeinu came with the time at Lamar Islam Azah, Pshute Shemikra, according to how it is Mitzah the first way, that's how it is Mitzah the body. And Moshe Rabbeinu Taka had a question. Therefore, it's possible to explain it. Taka, he had a question on Hashem's Midis. I'm complaining that you sent me. It's a claim against Hashem. Therefore, 
that the shlichus of Hashem caused this bad, this bad situation, and therefore the punishment came that now you will see, but you won't see, you'll see what happens to Pai, but you won't see what happens in the future. But when it comes to Rabbi Sein Dershu, we're going to explain this whole story mitzad the second ayfin. How does mitzad the neshama of Moshe? How is the neshama of the Avos? So v'iyav shaloymar shatayin klapi Moshe hisa al shehir al midaisa kapshutei mishanana shalkach. We can't say that the taina uh, uh, against Moshe was that you question the, the Hashem's midas and, and therefore he was punished because of that. Can't can't be simply understood as we as the pshutei shemikra understands it. Alatayichan taina hu. Rather, what's the question over there? It's a different type of question that many times I revealed myself to the obvious with the name Kel Shakai, and they never asked Mashmacha. But but you ask Mashmai. What does this mean? The question is that the the complaint is that Moshe wants to understand. What Hashem's Shimcha Galva Kalish is. He wants to know Hashem's great and holy name. Soit Shem Hamafurish. He wants to know the secret of the Shem Hamafurish. He wants to understand godliness in a very high way. He wants to understand the Shem Havaya, the Mitas Hamitashli, Shem Hatsim. He wants to understand Hashem on a much greater level than the Avs did. He wants to understand Hashem's name, Hashem Havaya, which is the true Midah of Hashem, the Shem Hatsim. Therefore, even when Aisha Rabbein was saying, it wasn't a question, our learning, that he had a suffix against Hashem. Rather, he wanted to understand with the Seichel all the different details and pratim and ways of Ishlichus from Hashem. He wanted to understand the Seichel of Hashem. Not because he was questioning of Hashem, because he wanted to understand the Shem way. He wanted to become unified with Hashem. He wanted to fill the shluchos in a better way. Therefore, he says, if you look in Rashi, if you medayik in Rashi, by Rishenu Dershu, it doesn't say by Moshe being the lashon haharta midaisai like it does at the end of Parshas Shmois. All it does by Rishenu Dershu, it says the avos word hirach midaisai. It doesn't say, but you were here on my daisai. It doesn't say that by Maisha according to Besenu Dershu. Only by the end of Parsha Shemais. Because Rashi is being medayik that Parsha Shemais, Taka Maisha was a Mihara Midaisai. While in this one, he wasn't a hero on Midaisai, Kipshutai. Rather, was, he was trying to understand uh, uh, Hashem in a much higher way, the Shem Etzem uh, and, and the Shem Hanayla. So, what was the problem? Ah, so, that's what we'll see uh, later on in the Sicha. But before we get to that, I'll give a quick, a quick summary, and then we'll continue on with another question that it has, and we'll eventually get back to what was the issue with Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, if he just wants to understand Hashem on a deeper level. Uh, so in summary, what we're saying is that according to, after we've given the Pshutei Shemikra and explaining the Drasha, we explained what the questions were, we said that Pshutei Shemikra is the body of the Torah, while the Medrash is the Neshama. So according to the body of the Torah, we can exp- the question of Moshe Rabbeinu was a question on Hashem. Right? We, you know, we had two ways of explaining it. Was it a question that you, know, you sent me and it got worse? Or the question is, how could it be that Kla- you, know, you promised to save Kala Yisrael and there's no reason, there's no type of hate that would uh, make it that Kala Yisrael wouldn't be deserving of that. The point is, it was a mice of the goof, and that's talking the question uh, of the Torah. While the Seinu Dershu want to look inside the Neshama, inside the Neshama of the Torah, um, Moshe Rabbeinu and the Avais never would have questioned Hashem. 
Therefore, even on, we were able to give a lot more examples by the Avis, that even by simple stories, personal stories that happened to them, where they could have asked questions on Hashem, or as we're explaining it now, they could have wanted to understand Hashem's ways, they don't ask it. Why don't they ask? That we haven't explained yet, but, we're, but Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, you're asking to understand my way. You want to understand the Shema Etzim. You want to understand Shema Yimbeke Vavke. That's Rabbi Seinu Deshu. You're asking to understand that idea. But look, the Avos never asked that. And, he, and then we're able to show many times where they could have about personal and Yanim, but they still do not ask it. So you should have known that this is not the correct conduct. Sif Pei. Adan Yash Lahakshis. Still, we can ask the question. How is it possible to say here, even the first right? So it's interesting question, right? We already kind of gave an explanation of saying that the first oifen is mitzad the body, and even mitzad the body there could, be, there could be questions. But the Rebbe is saying is still, this, this idea shouldn't have been able to, be, to happen, especially, I guess, with such a strong suffix, Be'amuna. Uh, because um, we're talking about that right when he was born, it said he was good, that the whole house was filled with light. So right when he's born, the Nisham is not completely revealed in the body. So we're saying, the body itself, the whole house was filled with light. So it seems like by Moshe Rabbeinu, even his body was completely uh, Kedusha. It also calls him Isha Lakim. He's, he's a totally, even the Ish part of him was an Isha Lakim. But that was later on in his life. That's why the Rebbe does bring that example. The Rebbe brings some idea of the Terah Isik Taifu. Even when he was born, he was completely R. So even inside his body, the Rebbe is trying to say that he shouldn't have had such a Shaila. And maybe, if I'm understanding the Rebbe correctly, besides for that, the body being perfect even when he's born, such a strong Shaila that Moshe Rabbeinu would have had against the Shem. That seems very weird. Especially since the, the, these ideas are coming with a very strong stress that the obvious did not think, but Moshe, he was the most chosen of the, of the humankind. He was even more chosen than the obvious. He would think. So the question comes stronger that even if the body would ask a question, but we see the obvious never actually asked any questions. Yes, the body might have had issues and might have thought things and they might have been worried, but you're never actually seeing that thought of the body expressing itself. You know, a thought of the body you can't control. You can't control. The body has a question. The body has a question. But you're never actually seeing them asking on it that it's, uh, especially conduct themselves based on that question. His body has the question, A. And then he starts asking it. Like it takes him over and he, and he starts thinking about it. He actually complains to Hashem about it. The others never did that. And Moshe, who has the holiest body, and he's the Nifcha Mekolmina Adam, he's on even a lower level than the others. How could that be? Um, look at R44. Pierce Rashi in Mesaitasham, Zeha Yugal Mitzada Guf. And this was even inside the body. He was Kamayla Das Achem as the, uh, 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 the opinion in Gemar Saita called Acherem, which is a Remeir, Shanoilet Keshuhu Mahu. That Moshe Rabbeinu was born when he was modest. You see, even his body was uh, was halik. Uh, look at R forty five star. K'mayim Razal Kol Ashurin Chavivim Ba'avish Shvi Chavir Avraham Moshe. That all the seventh are chaviv. So by the obvious, the first one was Avraham Avinu, and the seventh was Moshe. So Moshe was at seventh; he was the most chaviv, but he had this issue. How could that be? So that's question one. 
We have a rule that even with the, to speak derogatorily about an impure animal, the Torah does not speak about. Whenever the Torah speaks about animals, unless it's relevant to Allah, the Torah calls it a behemoth which is not pure. It doesn't call it a behemoth tmeah. So if the Torah wants to speak nicely even about animals, it says behemoth shah nanu taira. So it's Pashat that uh, even negate a person, Yisrael, especially regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, um, why would it say that Moshe questioned Achim Yidaisai? Well, it doesn't speak badly about a behemoth, it's going to speak badly about Moshe Rabbeinu. And, and just to correct myself, it's not whatever the Torah speaks about behemoth Tamea, it, it calls behemoth in a Torah. It's sometimes. And the Gemara explains that this, that sometimes it does it, is to teach us the rule that you should not speak uh, badly about something when you have the option of speaking nicely. We learn that rule from there. But it's not every single time. There's a secret about the rabbi explains when it is, when it's not. But anyways, the general rule is don't speak badly if you don't need to. Or I should say, you shouldn't speak about something not good if you don't need to. So what's the lesson? What lesson is there for a yid to Hashem? Meaning is that if, Hashem's, if, if the Torah is going to bring it, it's not going to bring it stamazai. It must be that there's a lesson. But what would be this lesson of Moshe Rabbeinu question Hashem? The Chayar, it's very hard to say that what's the lesson? That you should learn from here how careful you need to be not to question the ways of Hashem. Rather, we should follow the ways of the obvious that they didn't question Hashem. That Moshe Rabbeinu was punished, he did the wrong things. Rather, you should follow the obvious. That's the lesson. Very hard to say that. Because if Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to reach this level, then how could you demand this from every Yid in all times? If Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't reach it, then I'm asking this from a Yisrael, from a regular person, uh, not to question Hashem in these types of scenarios. So therefore, it's hard to say that would be the lesson. So why is the Torah mentioning it? So again, two questions. A, even after saying that it's Mitzah, the Gufar Moshe, he can have a question, but still, how could he Bepoyal ask that question? The obvious didn't Bepoyal ask it. And especially we're saying is that Moshe Rabbeinu's body was holy from its birth. It was filled the whole house with light. And the second question is, if it is mentioning it, why would it mention it anyways? Even if it's, you know, it happened, what's the point of mentioning it? Even Gnus Behemotme, we don't mention, but over here we're going to mention the Gnus of Moshe Rabbeinu. Sivav. So to answer these questions, we're first going to have to explain something else. So if you've been beer, but Avis. So we're going to explain uh, the first Rashi in this parish. It says the Fe'era, uh, sorry, I think it's actually the second, sorry, Pasuk Gimel. It's, the, it's not the first Rashi, the Pasuk of the parasha. But anyways, this Rashi, it says Fe'era. And Rashi explains what does it mean that Hashem showed himself, he showed himself to the Avis. So you do a kushik moshe hikshu mafarshia taira, the high apostle gufu mafarshia la sabre, error of Ram Nitzaki Yaakov, Baba Rashi, Rashi la hisabzeh. So all the Mephorshim asked the question that the Pasik says clearly who Hashem is speaking to, uh, who Hashem revealed himself to. The Pasik says, I revealed myself to Avram Yitzaki Yaakov. So why is Rashi quoting word Ve'era and explains that it's to the Avis? Obviously it's to the Avis. The Pasik is not clear that it's to the Avis. So the Vahazbar is that the explanation is. The Dvarav. Rashi 
Rashi is trying to say that this idea of appearing to Avram, this ability to see Alakus with, with, with certainty and in a very clear way, with the clarity of vision, of physical sight, uh, and therefore, since the Avais were able to see Hashem, therefore, they were not shy to this idea of questioning Hashem, because since the Avais were able to see, I, era, I appear to them, uh, and therefore, they would not question me. As we Rebbe brings our art 49, you can't compare hearing something to seeing something. We have a rule that a witness cannot become a dime, because since the aide saw what happened, how could he be a dime? He saw with his own eyes. He can't, he can't be impartial. You can't have any questions about it. Like, oh, maybe, you know, if you're a dime, you could have to be able to question what the Adam are telling you. But if you saw it, you're not going to be able to have that capability. So even though the Adam are testifying and telling you what they saw, you're just hearing it from them, therefore you, you're able to be impartial. But when you yourself saw it, you can't be impartial. The point is that the Be'eril of Ram, this ability to see Alekus, which brings to the obvious the ability not to question Hashem, this came to them because they were the Avis of the Bnei Yisrael. Meaning that this idea of being able to see Hashem or, be, or Hashem appearing to, to, to the individual was transferred to the Jewish people in a way of a Yerusha, an inheritance. As we know, a father inherits to his child uh, his beauty, his wisdom, and one of the things that he also, Ba'ayid, he also yarshins this ability to see Hashem, this Neshama. The Gemara tells us that we only call Avish three. We don't say there's 15, you know, there's the three Avish plus the 12 Shvatim. We only say there's Avish Mitzvah Yaakov. Why only three? He says, because the idea of Av is that this idea which is in the Avish is a Yerusha to all their children after them. So the Bechinus HaAves needs to be in Yerusha for all the people. So the Maila of Ruvain isn't by all Jewish people, it's only in the descendants of Reuven. The Maila of Shimon will be in all the descendants of Shimon, but not in the descendants of Levi. But the Maila of Rami Yitzchak which is that's the idea of, of Ava, uh, of Chesed, Gvur, and Tiferes, that's in every single Jew. So Zeo Tamla Tanasha Shakadosh Baruch Lameshrabeinu. So this is the reasoning for Hashem's Taina to Meshrabeinu. Again, so this Taina, we're explaining these Psukim, the Erol of Ram, according to the Medrash, that uh, the Erol of Ram is part of the uh, complaint, part of the Taina of Hashem Tamaisha. That Chaval the Avon Leibishkachim, Chaval those who were lost, but they're not forgotten, Mikavan She Erol of Ram Gaim, Haimitzari Yosem Aves, Eimak Natarts Vlemish Yashalaz Damas Lavram. Since this that I appeared to Avram was because they were the Aves, you cannot give an answer and say, oh, how can you give a complaint? How can you? Have a tiny to me at Al Tzmoishir Beinu. I'm not the same as Avram Avinu. He was on a higher level. They came from Duber Kam, but my loss of Tzadi Yisim Aves. However, all of them Tzadi Yisim then Srichalias Mergeshu Tchinis Duber Era Bal Av Yisha. Since this is because of a mile that they were Aves, therefore by every single person of a Yid who is their child needs to feel by them this level of Era that comes to Yerusha. So the reason why Rashi is adding the Part of our era of Ram, that Hashem's telling I appear to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, but kill Shaka, and they never questioned me. Uh, so also you shouldn't have questioned me. I, Moshe Rabbeinu, will say, yeah, you appeared to them, but I, I was not able to hand, I've never seen the era of Kel Shaka. I haven't even seen that level. I'm much lower my dragon than the others. Therefore, they, they didn't question, but I would. So Hashem's telling him that's not true. This level of Kel Shaka, the era of Ram, you also 
uh, experience because you're their child and therefore you have the same ability to see me as and the same heritage and the same trust and the muna that they have. Ziv Zayin never takes us a step further. But but still, maybe you could try to be machalat and say like this. Then Alto Pisha of Mavris in Yanov, Birushalaban, Kamaka Muvin Shaakri, Shalakshi, Yanam, even the Yorish, Amegim, Nachde Malasm, Yesam, it's love. That nonetheless, it's still understood that even though these characteristics might be given over from the father to the son to the one who inherits, but doesn't necessarily reach the same level as the father. Meaning the father might be a grace of Chacham and the child's also a Chacham, not on the same level. The father is very beautiful and the son's good looking. But who says that the son's going to be just as good looking? The son's going to be just as smart. He'll have some of that, those genes, for sure. He'll have the genes, but who says on the same level? So Meshavim can still have a tiny. He could say, look, true, there is an error, and I also have this level of error. But this that the son gets Birusha is not going to be on the same level as the error has it was by the Ovis. But the rumors of Pirish Rashi. But the answer to this is also hinted to in this Pirish Rashi. The error Ella Ovis. He says, that the idea of error is to the Indian of the Avis. That the whole idea of error is only to the Avis. That this level, this error is not how it is because of their own special level of Avodis Hashem. That there's Avram Oyevi, Bekava Ava, Pachet Yitzcha, Bekava Gvura, Aluhukasha Ach Varakla Indian. He says, Rashi's stressing that this, that they, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov had this level is because they were the Avis. It's not because of their own particular Madragas. That's what he's trying to tell us. It's not because they were, they loved me and, and they feared me. It's because they were Avis. And the whole uh, identity of an Av, how can you call someone a father? It's only because of his children. So we're saying he's being seen to the Avis. That means he's only being seen because they are the Avis. Um, Right? The whole union is that they are obvious to the children, and the son inherits it all. Therefore, in this concept of the error, there wouldn't be any difference to the obvious in the banan. Meaning, if it was said that it was given to Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, and then we can say, true, it was given to Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, and there are obvious, so probably we got a certain amount of it. But Avram was a big tzaddik, he was uh, in the chesed, so he was able to reveal it more. But Rashi's trying to tell us it was given to them only because they were Avis, not because of their own special madrega. So if it has nothing to do with their own personality, it's only because of they're the Avis, then automatically the concept of Av is not connected to their identity as individuals, it's connected to their identity that, that, this, their, that they're a father. So the whole concept of the father is that you're going to give birth to a child. So if the union of the, the ability to give birth it has this quality, then, then of course those who are given birth to will also have that quality. So therefore, therefore, the qualities that the have has, which are greater than, than the son will have, these will be in union which come because of his own personality, his own avoida, his own quality, like an oivet Hashem. Even though these inyanim also come to Yerusha to the child, as we said from the Mishnah earlier, that a father inherits to his children certain characteristics. But it's possible that as they are by the 
um, the Yairish will not be on the same level as it is by the Mayush, by the by the father. In our situation, the quality of era that a Kaddish Baruch Hu Mitzad Atzmai, that I, Hashem, appear to the Avais, this comes to their uh, description and their identity as they are creating the children. So, it's understood that this quality will go over as Yerusha to the sun. Then Now, according to this, the question is very strong. So now the question is very strong, since by every single yid, even by and for sure by Moshe Rabbeinu, there is this union of era that they have from Yerusha. So obviously, how is it possible that this thing, that this era, did not stop Moshe Rabbeinu from asking Achar Midaisai? If Moshe Rabbeinu had this union of Ve'era, how is it possible that he didn't have it? So just to jump back to what we were asking before, um, we want to know how could Moshe Rabbeinu still, even if it's not the first interpretation, how could Moshe Rabbeinu ask on Hashem? And, and now we're making this question in a sense even stronger, at least I'll be panemius in Yanim, that we're saying is that Rashi explains the era, Allah Avais, this is actually also Pshutah Shemikra, Rashi brings up Shatz, I, I take that back, that's only Api Pnim Sinyanam, that the era Allah Avais, that this quality of appearing to the Avais was Mitzah that they were an Av. So the children also should have had it. That means Moshe Rabbeinu would have had it. So the question becomes even stronger, that Moshe Rabbeinu, A, had the greatest body, had the holy body from birth. A, he was the Bechir Avis. And all the qualities, and C, that all the qualities that the Avis has, the era Allah Avais, he also would have had so how could it be that the obvious don't ask, but you do ask? So Now let's say that the explanation is that the Yidim were redeemed from Mitzrayim only. They weren't redeemed from Mitzrayim except because of the Swiss of Amunah. That by them was revealed the Nekudas Ayavas. This is the connection that the Jewish people have with Hashem that comes and is expressed with the Amuna that the Bnei Yisrael have with Hashem. And because of this Schus, they were redeemed. Meaning is that when the Amuna and the connection of the Bnei Yisrael and Hashem is revealed, that's what causes them to be redeemed. Even before this, before Meshur Rabbeinu came to them, when the Yidim were still suffering in Gal's Petraim, the Bnei Yisrael trusted and they believed Hashem. But this Amunah that they had in Hashem was there because they are Bnei Mamidim. They had this type of Yerusha uh, in inheritance. So yes, they always trust in Hashem. And as we know, as soon as the Melech Petraim died, they groaned and they davened to Hashem. But this is Amunah Hayse Atzlam Yerusha Hanimsas La'ilam B'yat Habanim this Amun is with them as an inheritance, and it's always going to be in the hands of the children, in whatever situation they're going to be. Even if it's a very bad situation, even if it's just a spiritually bad situation, they will always have this Amunah, and when a Yid is found in very hard times, he will reveal, that Amunah will be revealed, and he'll daven, and do whatever else needs to be done. But when we talk about the actual personality, and the Avaida, their own personal Avaida, because what comes because of their the character their own characteristics, the characteristics of the children, or 
it wasn't fulfilled by them, this idea of Munah, that they uh, pastured the Munah, or they revealed the Munah. The ultimate level of Gila Munah is not just you believe, uh, but rather you believe that it changes who you are, changes your personality, that even in your Seichol, you think like a, a, a person that believes in Hashem thinks. You know, if, if it's just like a general type of Munah, that your day-to-day contact is not really changing. Like, uh, it's like, as an example, the Gemara, the, the Ganef, right before he steals, he also davens Hashem that he won't get caught, that he'll be successful. Because he believes. But it doesn't change his personality because he still knows, like, look, there's Hashem, but I still got to do what I got to do to survive. But if you believe that Hashem takes care of everything, will take care of your parnasa and will take care of your family, that even the way how you conduct yourself will be up here, Tyran will be a, a different type of conduct. So the Bnei Yisrael didn't have that yet, the second deeper level. So in order for the Bnei Yisrael to be redeemed because of their own schos, because of the, their own, as their own reward, then the Amuna that they had, Yerusha, uh, and the connection that the Bnei Yisrael had with Hashem, it needed to be also because of their own Indian. It needed to be that they also uh, internalized it. So they always will have that Yerusha, will always have a understanding of Hashem, an inherent understanding. It says, uh, you know, the, if the Jewish people are in the view and they're the children of the Vian. Like every single Yid, in a sense, is a certain prophet because all of us have a connection to Hashem and we know Hashem. You know, the deepest sense of our being, we always have a relationship and we know who Hashem is. Our job is just to take that relationship and make it a peptimius, make it part of our our mind, our emotions, the way how we live on a daily basis. Um, but it's not something that we need to create. We don't need to create some concept of God and, and then try to live with it. Hashem itself is already revealed within us. We already have that relationship. We just need, in a sense, internalize it. So this second level, this was what was caught, this was, was uh, accomplished through Moshe Rabbeinu. He accomplished this. He uh, taught this to the Jewish people. Because this is the difference between the divine energy that flows from the Avais to the energy that flew from Maisha Rabbeinu to the Jewish people. How it comes beside the Avais, every single Yid has this as a Yerusha, and it's within his nature from the way how he was born. He is the child of Armin Yitzhak Yaakov, and he has certain beliefs. In addition to being one of the seven shepherds that draw down energy and godliness to the uh, general soul of the Jewish people, um, he is the klal, he is the general shepherd of all of them, and he is called the shepherd of, of faith. Uh, as explained in Chassidus, that all of the Aves, uh, all the Aves, that all the Shiva Rayim give us a certain capability to serve Hashem. For example, Avram Avinu gives us the capability to serve Hashem with love. Yitzchak gives us the capability to serve Hashem with, uh, with, uh, with, with fear, with awe of Hashem. What Moshe Rabbeinu does, he gives us that of Das. Das means that we're connecting to Hashem, that Hashem is real to us, which is the essence of all of them. You can't love something or truly love something that you don't really feel and connect with. Das is the idea is that you connect 
with Hashem. You understand Hashem. You're able to empathize with Hashem. It's not just, I love a concept of Hashem which isn't true. Like sometimes you could love someone, but you don't really love him. You just love your imagination of what that particular person is. And when you actually get to know the person, you're like, yeah, that's, I don't really love him. I just love the idea of what I thought he was. But what Das does is it gives you the true connection to Hashem. Um, that you're able to feel what Hashem is. And that's the key of all the other emotions. Then you can have love and fear once you really have what Moshe Rabbeinu is giving us, that we have a true relationship with Hashem. We have, we're empathized, we're able to really know Hashem. So who is Zan? That Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that feeds us and supports us and gives to us that the Amunah, which is by every single person, should be in a way of that you will graze Amunah, that you will be able to, in a sense, digest it and, and eat it and become an Epidemius that becomes part of your body. That the Amunah should be complete and strong until it reaches the Epidemius of who you are, Epidemius of your Nefesh. Then all the essence of the person, the core of the person, will be filled with Amuna until even his mice of a will be will will be an action which reflects that this person is a person that has complete faith in Hashem. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to do, and that's that is what the Avos uh, the Yidden will be redeemed. So just just get back to the beginning of Sefchas, and then once we finish the explanation, we'll go back to the questions. So the explanation we're giving is that the reason why the Bnei were redeemed from Mitzrayim was because of Amuna, And there's two levels of Amuna. There's Amuna that we have because of the Aves. Um, but that's not necessarily revealed in all of our Inyan, in our Seichel, our emotions, and especially in our Maisebapayal. What Moshe Rabbeinu does is he takes that Amuna and makes it real to us, that it actually translates even in all of our Inyan until Maisebapayal. Uh, so now we can understand Moshe Rabbeinu's question. Why were you bad to these people? So that was question one. How could Moshe Rabbeinu, we said, that was like, right? How could, question one was, how could Moshe Rabbeinu even ask that? Here, he was the most chosen. He was the greatest of all of the shepherds. He was born with a bayit Second question is, why would the Torah tell us that? Uh, so the answer, and then the third question was that Moshe Rabbeinu also had this union of the Avis, this Amuna that the Avis had. And the Avis didn't question, so why is Moshe Rabbeinu questioning? So now we can understand. How could he ask that? The Chuvas HaKadosh Baruch Hu Be'el Avis and also Hashem's answer. Since it's coming very close to the period of the redemption, and Moshe is going in the Shlichus of Hashem to redeem the Jewish people. The connection that the Bnei Yisrael had with Hashem uh, through this Amuna cannot just be because of the Avis, that they were Maminim because they were children of those who believed, that they just had this Yerusha from the Avis. The Amuna had to fill them and permeate them with their own, how they themselves were. It's not their own Indian, it's not their own. It's their own content, it's their own personality. This happened through Moshe Rabbeinu's question. Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, in a sense, questioning Hashem, why are you evil to this people? That itself actually caused this whole thing to happen. Through Moshe Rabbeinu asking this question, Hashem needed to respond. And Hashem says, 
Meaning that this level of Ria, the era, the ultimate level of Ria is that if that you see something, that makes it true to you. As we explained earlier, when you see something, that it, it, you can't have any questions on it. It becomes totally one with you because you saw it yourself. So this connection to the Bnei Yisrael, the Kulakus, through, uh, through a Muna, doesn't just stay in a way of a Muna, but it comes in a way that you're able to see it. It's so strong, this Muna. It's not just a, it's a Muna. You're able to see it. That's how real it is to you. Uh, you look around the world and you see Hashem. This is Nasas, Susan Bnei Yisrael. This happens even mitzad the identity of the Jewish people. That this comes... Shemitzat Atzmam, they could have asked, they could have had Hira Achmi Daisai. And through Moshe Rabbeinu's question, Hashem's reply, it happens, it, it, it affects, they are affected that they have the quality of the era, the Shlemus Amunim Hashem. And Memela, this negates completely the ability of, of questioning Hira Achmi Daisai. In other words, as the Rabbos explains in the Ha'ara uh, 60, Moshe Rabbeinu was asking the question that the Jewish people would have had. That true, Mitzad, their Amunah, they always trust in Hashem. But then they have their Seichel, and their Seichel sees that, that Hashem gave a promise, and now things are getting worse for the Jewish people because of that promise, as we explained the question earlier. So Moshe Rabbeinu is asking that question that the Jewish people are having. And then when Hashem has to reply to that, and he says, the era of Ram, that until this point of time, all I showed them was Kel Shakai, the capability they never ask, but now has approached the time where I have to reveal to you the name of Yudke Vavke, the name which is, can be trusted to fulfill the actual schar, to give you Eretz Yisrael. That Hashem's answering to Moshe Rabbeinu and to the Jewish people that until this point they only had Kel Shakai, but going forward you will actually be able to see Yudke Vavke and you'll be redeemed from its rhyme and you'll inherit Eretz Yisrael. So you will be able to see Hashem. So that's really what's happening in a pneumistic level. Because Moshe Rabbeinu had this question, uh, the question really of all the Jewish people, therefore Hashem has to reply, and He says, I'm going to give you this idea of the era that it's going to be even in your day-to-day life. As the Rebbe is going to explain a bit more in the next paragraph. Therefore, in the end of Parshas Shemois, where it says that you question my ways, not like Avram that did not question my ways. What is Rashi trying to say according to this? So is learning it now in a different level in the Yenai What he's saying is you're not like Avram, meaning is that this level of like Avram, this level of which comes because of the Avais, that's not enough, clearly, because you are asking. It's not like a Brahm that was not Mehara Achimidaisa, rather you are being Mehara Achimidaisa. Why is that? It must be that the level of a Brahm is not enough. Right? But Zehitius, this is stress in Shabbachino, the Lahir, Shayashna, it's a Mesh, it's a Kali Swam, it's out of Rama, always, and a Mesapakas. That this level of Lahir that comes, that is within the Jewish people, within Moshe, but comes because of Avram, the Avis, is not enough. Came to Pesat Atzmi Galiharti, because as we see, Moshe Rabbeinu did question. And as we're saying that the question is not really Moshe's question, it's really a question of all the Jewish people. Right? 
This is something, why is that? Why is it not enough? Because this is something that comes because of Yerusha, comes from Avram, comes from the office. But Mitzah, their own teva, their own identity of the child, of the son, there could be the possibility of here. So And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to be pile, that even this Indian of idea would not have any place. Because through the Dibur of Hashem, he reveals the idea of the era. He reveals the idea of Yudke Vavke, that we should be able to see Neman Lashan Oschai, that Hashem will take us out on the sign, we will take us to Israel. When Hashem makes a promise, we'll see how it is fulfilled. So we're able to see Hashem in our world. Let's actually do Ha'ara 60, uh, 60 star inside. He says, Lahir Ramayim Razal from Shemais Rabbah, Amar Amoshe Rabbeinu Shalom Asulacha Siyua. So Amar Kadosh Baruch Afa Tataya. I didn't look at the Medrash, but I'm pretty sure it's talking about the eagle. That when they made the eagle, so when Shabbat says, oh, they made for you a helper. So Hashem tells them, like, wait a second, you're also making a mistake. You think like this Avoy Zara has some type of uh, capability. You're also making this mistake. The Medrash says that through this, that Moshe Rabbeinu included himself uh, in, in this mistake, he saved the Jewish people from punishment. As we know that they were completely destroyed, the Jewish people, it's going to be paid back over future generations. So similarly, this is the same idea over here, that this, that Moshe Rabbeinu includes himself with the question that the Jewish people are having, that itself saves them from uh, punishment. Uh, but he himself got punished, right? Because we know that he wasn't able to go into Eretz Yisrael with them. And I guess technically also, the Jewish people of that generation didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. But Rashi doesn't, that's just my own thought. But the point is, but that was for a different reason. Um, because of the Maraglin. But either way, we're seeing that um, the, this answers all the questions. How can Moshe Rabbeinu question? Why is it being spoken about in the Torah? The reasoning is, Moshe Rabbeinu is asking, he's not just asking for himself, he's asking for all the Jewish people as their shepherd. And what he's trying to do is, he's trying to take this amuna and ask the question. Because if you just have the amuna and you, have, and you don't really ever resolve the questions that you have, so you have a Muna, but you still have questions, and there's always this divide. Sometimes you need to ask the question. And, and, and as a firm Jew, you ask the question that's bothering you, and, and you still have the Muna at the same time. But sometimes even by, just by asking the question, even if you don't get the answer, um, that can actually reveal the faith that you have, that you have a strong faith. Like the Rebbe always said by the Holocaust, you're able to demand Hashem to give you an answer. But you have faith that Hashem eventually will give you that answer. And that's really what's happening over here, that Hashem is saying they will get an answer. I'm going to reveal to Hashem Yudke Vavke and you will understand it. But just as that knowledge is, I have a Muna, and there are questions and then there's answers to these questions and they will be revealed. That is uh, the level of Muna that they needed to have. Once the Jewish people knew that these questions were okay <laughs> and that these questions will be answers, that gave them a much deeper Muna um, that the question itself wasn't something that contradicted their belief but the question itself would, is, is part of the belief. And part of the belief is that you will have questions and the answers will become eventually revealed. That gave them the second deeper level of Amunah. Okay, Sif Yurah. So according to this, you uh, say that we're talking about gives us a deeper understanding of the differences of the Pirish Rashi of Pipshat our, of our Parsha Shemais and our Parsha the B'Seinu Darshuhu. HaKavana, the world of Yilshah, Perushim, Al-Derech HaPshat, Pirish Rasha, Eiskim Inyanu, Kefishim Mitzad HaGuf, Einan Shem Mitzad HaGuf, Shemais HaShayach, Inishel, Herharte Ach, Mideis, Pshut Echas HaShon. 
The Purushan Madercha Pirsha Pashad of Rashi, that they're, 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 that they're developing these ideas how it is Mitzad the body of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not that Mitzad the body of Moshe, it's Shaykh, this idea of questioning Hashem Kapshutai Chasvashon. Because since Moshe Rabbeinu was good, yet his body was good, there's no Nusinus Makim to question Hashem on its own. Rather, the pshat is that this inyan was made in a way that if you're reading the story simply and externally, you could explain the hear her as a chet kipshutai. So it's interesting. So we're saying, even in the how it is mitzad the guf and how it is when you read the story externally, it looks like Moshe Rabbeinu has some strong sfekus and questions about his mission that Hashem is giving him. But the Pirush is that that itself was on purpose. It's not that he himself really had these questions, but it was that he needed to make it seem like he had this question because he needed to connect to the Jewish people that that did have that question. And thereby, as we explained earlier, by having that question, Hashem will eventually will answer it. Therefore, the pshat of the Torah, the body of the Torah, which is shaykh to every single yid, whatever situation he's in, he's a simple yid who will explain this in and how it is kapshutai, that Moshe Rabbeinu had this shayla. Why is that? Because we need to affect this in of Amunah by every single yid. Even by those individuals that at this point in time, the body hides in the neshama. That at this point, the, neshama, the guf hides in the neshama, and the neshama, the amuna which is coming because of the neshama, is not revealed. And the guf asks the question, and there is questions of here, and even by these individuals, Moshe Rabbeinu is able to be piled on them. He, uh, that all of these yidin, that the revelation of the era, the era, that it will become real to them, the connection and the revelation of Hashem, which is through this amuna, that will negate any type of hearer and the opposite of hearer. So meaning by Moshe Rabbeinu asking these questions and, and, and asking in a way that it looks like he himself has these questions and therefore when you're reading the story, yeah, this is, this is you know what's going on. Moshe has these questions. The purpose of that was really that um, every single yid could connect to it. So it wasn't just Stamazai that Moshe Rabbeinu did it. It was on purpose. He asked the question. Even Al Pipshat, that the body has the question, Moshe Rabbeinu reveals that aspect within himself. I think that's also part of it. He's revealing, and it's important for him to ask that question, Al Pipshat, for every yid to, in a sense, be able to connect to him. And as we said also earlier about the eagle, that he's coiled himself with the Bnei Yisrael, and he got punished for it. Uh, he, makes it uh, he makes it look like he has these questions. So Papayal, he did something wrong, I guess. He asked the question against the Shem, and he asked it in a way that he's shown that he doesn't trust the Shem. That was something which, could not, which isn't good. But the Peshat is, why was he doing that? It's because he wants to connect to every single yid. It gave them the capability where they are to eventually get the answer of a Shem. And the Shem's answer is, Ve'er Allah that, that, that this, this thing will be revealed, will be revealed the, the purpose of it all. Uh, 
which is the neshama of the Torah, where it's revealed the neshama by every single yid, then it's not even shaykhless holimina here. We're talking about a much deeper level. Rather, at this point, it's the desire to understand what's his name, to understand Lamar even with a person seichal. And through Moshe Rabbeinu, he's able to affect that even the seichel of the person will be able to be nicker and murgish the amuna and this clarity and lukus, which is the level of era, even how it is higher than chachma v'tam. So just to uh, recap, so what we're saying is that our question was, why is Moshe Rabbeinu? How could Moshe Rabbeinu ask such a thing? As Why is the Torah telling us to ask? So they're explaining it is because the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu is asking is because by asking, that's revealing a deeper level of amuna that a yid can have. That even when there's questions and his seichel contradicts the amuna, he's able to take that amuna and translate it and permeate his, his mind. And that could be done on two levels. There's the kapshutai, the thicker level, where the yid taka has these types of questions. And Moshe goes down to that level with them. And he asks the questions... Like, how could this be Hashem? And he asks in a way that, uh, that, that he's literally on, on their level. Um, or, uh, but then there's also a deeper level, which is the Medrash, that he's talking to the higher level of Yidin. Then he's talking to the Neshama of those Yidin. They also have the question, Lamar Isa. But their question, Lamar Isa, is not the Pshutai, why you do the bad, but rather they want to understand the Seichel of the Dabar. They want to be able to take these questions and be able to permeate and understand and see the Yudke Vavke, which is in every single aspect of this world, not just a simple question, but Lamaraisa is, uh, let me understand it, uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu also explains it to them uh, on both levels, that everybody, what level they are, are able to connect to Hashem. Now we can understand the connection of which is the Yorts of the but the Parshas of Eira, as Mehul the Shlach says, that the Parshas of the year are connected to the events that take place during that time, point in time. So if Chavdal takes point in time during Parshas of Eira, must be a connection, as it was in that year that Parshas of Eira and Chavdal Tevis happened the same week. Um, okay, which was revealed through the Alter Rabbah, we know on the day of the Yard site that all of the deeds and the Torah and the Vayda that he does is all accumulated that comes comes together and it becomes revealed so all of the Aveda in on that day becomes revealed in one powerful burst of energy, and that energy is revealed even below, down this world. So this Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe is especially revealed on Chavdal Tevis. And the Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe, Al-Tursa, Chassidus, Kvishnes, Gal, Lassai, Dea, Baal Shemtev, is rich. So the Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe over the Chassidus, which was revealed until that time through the Baal Shemtev and the Magid, Yesh Lamer. She'echen Yonabai, who bezat one, of the Chiddushim. One of the ideas is that you could be sustained from the Chassidus. Sustained means that it becomes one with you, that the ideas of Chassidus are able to become digested, becomes, uh, you're able to understand it. Which is revealed through Torah Chassidus, through Torah Chassidus Chabad, it comes in a way that it permeates the person's entire identity. The Chabad. 
starting from the mind, the brain, the Chabad, until that this idea won't just be a revelation of the point, a concept of a muna, of a hidden muna. That will come in a complete kuma, a complete uh, edifice. And that happens through his own avayda, with his own kaychas. Even though before this he wasn't shaykh to such an idea, but through Tarsfiz Thabat, a person starts thinking about it and he meditates and becomes emotionally changed and also his actions change until this whole idea of the, this deep level of amunah, the Balshant of the Magid revealed, it's not just the way of an amunah and like I was by them, uh, by a, it was an amuna that would affect a person's emotions and his and his actions, but didn't affect necessarily the seichel. But by chassidic chabad, it affects every aspect of the person, even his primus, even his mind. Did this by drawing chassidic chabad, chassidus even into the chabad, the chachma of the person's nefesh. And he did this until it goes all the way outside, which the Ene Basar, it's its own Mitzias, on something which hides Hashem. Meaning is, even in questions, like Lamahar Eisu Lamazeh, which on its own is something which hides Hashem, it's a Safik in Amuna, but through Chassidus Chabad, it takes this type of question and reveals within it how this is something, how that itself is something which can, can connect you to Hashem. So the question itself, the darkness becomes light. So this way of the Alter Rebbe, which is, uh, which is similar to the way of the Gila Amunah that was through Moshe Rabbeinu's question, the Lama Esa, that the Gila was Dafka through the speech of Hashem, the error That this Amunah that they have by the Bnei Yisrael, by Yerusha, that Hashem, the error will become their own union, that you yourself will be able to see it, inside your own uh, uh, character. And just like the Gulas Mitzrayim was because of the Sechar of the Muna, we were redeemed. So similarly by the Gulas Mitzrayim, the three of Futsa, meaning the Muna will be in a way that you will be able to be sustained from it. How it's explained and revealed through Tursa Chassid Chabad, that it's explained even in your mind, and it reaches even to Chutzah, meaning questions and status that you can have. Through that, Asimah, Mashiach will come. Damat Mashiach, that is Mashiach, V'chalal Yisrael, V'cholach Mishrael, Yisku, L'gula, Mitzvah, Shleim, Emei, Emei, Mamash, then Kalal Yisrael, and every individual will be Zeich, Mitzvah, Shleim. Meaning is that whatever level you're at, you will be Zeich, as in an individual, to be Zeichat to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema through being Mispanusun Mene.